Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day, lo. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. It is SNY.TV's The Juice on the Cuse podcast. Covering Syracuse basketball, lacrosse, and football. Today on the Juice on the Cuse podcast on SNY.TV, we'll be talking about opening week for Syracuse basketball and a brutal shutout for the football team. I'm Wes Chang, and I'll be joined later by Brad Bierman and our guest today's ESPN and SNY's Tim Welsh. Coach, always a pleasure to have you on. How are you today? Oh, it's great to be back and uh, just so excited for the season. The wait came to a screeching halt last year, and it's been uh, a marathon of a wait, but everyone's done a great job preparing, and I think it's going to kick off <laughs> next Wednesday for everybody and at least by the weekend for everyone else. So, uh, you know, let's hope and pray everyone stays safe and we can get this thing going. Absolutely, Coach, and I want to get you started on this one. There's talk about the NCAA tournament being played in a bubble this year because we're still playing in the middle of a pandemic. The plans being floated around would be to have a bubble in the Indianapolis area, similar to what the NBA did in Florida. What do you think about these kind of plans? Well, there's no doubt about it. Uh, you know, everyone will tell you from Dan Gavitt, head of college basketball, vice president for college basketball at the NCAA, to, to Mike Krzyzewski, to Jim Bayarm, to Tom Izzo, to Bill Self, to Mark Few. We need, we're, we have to have a tournament this year. I mean, it's just vital. After missing last year, it's just we can't have another season without it. So they're going to, the preparation is there. It's going to be there. You've got smart people that are running the organization. And they understand that I took their lead, I think, from the NBA and, and understood that, you know, what they did was special. You can't play a whole season that way. That's obvious. But, you know, certainly for those three weeks, I think you can pull it off, and I'm sure they will. And uh, so that gives everybody hope that in March we'll, we'll have some fun again. And, it, you know, it really will have to adjust our our thinking, our mindset, and the way we <laughs> approach the tournament. It, it won't be uh, business as usual, but we're going to have games and we're going to have a champion, and that's all that counts. Coach, let's talk a little Syracuse basketball. There are some roster changes, and we'll get to that in a little bit, but I like the concept of guys getting better, and Syracuse is returning four of its five starters from last year's team. What are your general thoughts on this year's team? Well, what I was impressed with was at the end of last year, down the stretch, they won four out of their last six games. Uh, and with one of the losses at Miami in overtime where Elijah Hughes basically didn't play, got hurt in the beginning of that game, and they still almost pulled it off. But uh, the win in the ACC tournament was beyond impressive, the way they moved the ball, the way they shot the ball, better defensively rebounding the ball. The front line, I think, started to play with a more aggression, more toughness in the paint, prote- basket protecting, and 
you know, when you look at a guy like Quincy Garrier, he and he announced after the season that he was playing injured basically down the stretch. So, you know, he's going to come back stronger and, and better than ever. So just the experience. I mean, they played so many games, so many minutes last year, that group. Obviously, replacing Elijah is going to be an issue, but they did a great job in bringing in Alan Griffin. And I think the guards are really going to play well this year. Joe Girard and, and Buddy Beheim looked to me like they very, it clicked from the get-go last year on the offensive end, and they got better defensively as the as the season progressed. And I know they've both been really working on their their game and their bodies just to increase their strength. And uh, so guys like that, they're just going to get better and better, and better. They're gym rats. They they understand the game. Uh, they they're unselfish players. But they also are hungry guys too that uh, understand that uh, this is their year. This I think this could be a special year for the, for this group because of the fact of all the experience and the success they had at the end of last year. You briefly touched on the transfer of Alan Griffin. He's the guy that's going to replace Elijah Hughes. What do you think of his skill set? Oh, he's a good player. He reminds me of Hughes in a lot of ways. He's a good shooter. He's a slashing forward. He can play multiple positions out there. And and it, you saw Elijah sometimes, Jim. Uh, Beheim moved him around uh, to create mismatches. Sometimes he played a little point forward. I think Allen can do that as well, and he'll really benefit playing with those two guards and who can really shoot the ball, and that, that'll allow him to that'll allow him a little bit more room to roam out there on the floor and give him some more spacing to to be a good one-on-one player. And he's a good backline defender as far as he's got good size in the back of the zone as well. He's he's a perfect fit. For the Syracuse system, the two-three zone, the up and up-tempo game, and kind of in the motion offense, he, I think people are going to really understand how good a player he is right away. With all that in mind, Coach, how do you see Syracuse doing this year? Well, I think they're going to be very good. Actually, I spoke to Coach Beheim recently in the last couple of days, and uh, he's very excited about this group. And you know, he's he's all, all obviously always cautiously optimistic. But when you bring back a group that you know their strengths, you know their weaknesses, you know what you need to work on in the off season. And, and you know, obviously this off season was like uh, no other, but I'm sure they got in the gym on their own at times. They did practice over the summer some. So he's seen them. He's got a good look at them and he understands what he has. And I think it's, it's his type of team, you know, a team that can shoot, a team that can really score, get up and down the floor, a lot of options on the floor. And, and he basically told me everybody's got better. And if that's the case, and I'm sure it is, if he said it, that, you know, because he, he told me through practice right now, he said they've really improved, not only individually, but as a group from last year and understanding, you know, he doesn't have to go through all the teaching he did last year with that experienced group. He can really get into the nuts and bolts of game preparation and getting them game ready, especially with a shortened uh, practice season that they've had and now as of recently had to pause practice. So, it's, uh, I think Syracuse this year is going to be a team that you're going to see in the tournament and go deep in the tournament. Definitely, I think they're a second weekend team, uh, and maybe maybe beyond that. It depend, I really think it depends on uh, if Gary gets gets up to speed, if Griffin can really help them. Because you know what Dolajai and Sadibi can do. They're, they're good college basketball players. They're going to give you some good minutes on the back of that zone. I think the guards are really going to be able to shoot the ball. But the forwards really got to step up and – be, be a presence on the defensive end and on the backboards. And if they can rebound the ball, that means they're going to be able to run the ball and we know they can score. So as long as they're not playing in a grinded out half court game and they're playing a little bit more up tempo, I think they can play with anybody. And uh, certainly they showed that at the end of last year when they beat North Carolina. And listen, the ACC is going to be tough as ever. And 
I believe they're picked about six by most people, you know, behind Duke, Florida State, North Carolina, Virginia. Yeah, so it's probably right about there. That's right. It's probably right about right. Uh, it'd be interesting to see, you know, about you go to Cameron Indoor Stadium, there's no fans. So it's just a whole different cast this year. But you got to have the players and you have to have the experience. And you have to have the coaching, and that's what Syracuse has. And, Coach, we'll get you out of here on this one. I know you've been tracking Elijah Hughes for a while. He got drafted last week, number 39 overall, and he's going to play with the Utah Jazz organization. How happy are you for him? Well, he certainly came out of nowhere from uh, really a not very highly recruited player. East Carolina did a good job of finding him and bringing him down there, and he had a really good freshman year, and he certainly grew into his his role at Syracuse, and he worked hard. I mean, that's where, you know, you talk about the uh, look at guys that sit out, you know, how much better they can get with that sit-out year and don't have to get thrown right into the – into game action right away. He took advantage of that. When I was up there a couple of years ago during his sit-out year, he really was a worker. And Jim told me at that time, he said, he's a pro. And, uh, you know, I wasn't sure, but usually he's spot on. He knows better than anyone about his players. And uh, he's going to be a good pro. And I was on a show the other night in Boston, and I was hoping the Celtics would grab him because it was one of their picks. But uh, I think he's a guy that can play a lot of positions. He's going to be a good two-guard in the NBA. And, uh He's with a good franchise in Utah. Uh, Quinn Snyder is a very good friend of mine and an uh, excellent coach. And they've got a great program out there, a great franchise. And I know Elijah's excited to be with Donovan Mitchell, a couple of New York City guys back together. Coach, thanks so much for coming back on the program. Again, our great friend from ESPN and SNY, Tim Welsh. Coach, always appreciate your time. Enjoy the start of the college basketball season, and we'll speak with you soon. Thank you, Wes. Look forward to catching up at any time. Awesome stuff from Tim Welsh, and I'm now joined over the phone by the Juice Online Editor-in-Chief and my very good friend, Brad Bierman. Brad, how are you today? I am doing well, Wes. Thank you. Boy, Brad, the wheels are really coming off the wagon for the Syracuse football team. A 30 to nothing defeat. That's zero points scored to Louisville on Friday night on a nationally televised game on ESPN. Nothing went right for the Orange in that game, Brad. I'll start this one off with a little quick story, Wes. Uh, so we, the game's Friday night, as you said, and you know, a long game for Syracuse fans, 30 to nothing. Wake up Saturday morning, open up my kitchen shade. What's right outside my window? A bright, big, beautiful red Cardinal. <laughs> I thought I had enough with the Cardinals Friday night, and that's the first thing I see Saturday morning. And for the Syracuse coaches, when they take a look at that film going into the NC State game, the final home game uh, just after Thanksgiving, they're going to see a lot of disappointment again because there was mistakes, uh, self-induced errors, and, and kind of a repetitive nature of what we've seen all season where the offense hasn't been able to do anything. The defense has kept Syracuse in games for sometimes two th- uh, for a half, even into three quarters, but certainly been then playing too many downs on defense tiring out in the end but a couple things stand out number one could you ever believe a game when you have one of the top kickers in the nation and Andre Schmidt he doesn't even set foot on the field in the game no extra point tries of course in the shutout no field goal attempts it's kind of you know mind-boggling right there then the penalties I've said to you over and over as we've talked about this during the fall penalties to me are on the head coach those are on Dino Babers He's in charge of running the program. He's in charge of meeting with his position coaches, the assistant coaches, and he's really overall in charge of making sure 
the team is disciplined. And again, eight penalties in the Louisville game. They've averaged just over seven for the season. They seem to come at the most inopportune times. And then lack of discipline in losing their, their heads on some, you know, after the play is over type of penalties. So it's just something that can't be done when the margin of error for a Syracuse team with its roster been depleted as the season's gone on, you simply cannot afford to make any errors that you cause yourself. And then let's talk about, you know, what they're going to do the rest of the way at the quarterback position. We've also talked most of the fall about how that's been under-recruited. They've had some bad luck at that position, but you're not going to win without stability at the quarterback spot. Uh, so as they go into the final two games of the season, I thought it was interesting after Jacobian Morgan got hurt against Louisville, Rex Culpepper came in. Some fans were asking why not fellow freshman Dylan Markowitz. Well, I simply think that Coach Babers didn't want to get Markowitz hurt because the offensive line has struggled so much this year. Three quarterbacks have been hurt. So it'll be interesting to see where they go in the final two games who they want to get looks on film, and then how they really go about recruiting in the offseason for that position, whether that is indeed in the transfer portal and you can get a player with a minimum of two years eligibility at that position at the least to cause some competition uh, in spring practice. But, you know, the other question, of course, you know, Tommy DeVito, would he come back, would he not, and then where do you move on from there? But, there's just so much going on. It's it's still a kind of a fluid situation heading into the off season because they really have got to see if it's just totally gone. They've lost everything in the locker room, the coaching staff, or they can get any sort of semblance of competitive nature against NC State and Notre Dame. Let's take a look at this program as a whole. We've been talking about how bad of a season this is in isolation, but on a greater stage, how bad is it for the Orange? Of course, Wes, the uh, knee-jerk reaction from the fans is, you know, let's move on from Dino Babers. Well, we talked about it a month ago. That's not going to happen into 2021. Dino Babers is going to return for his sixth season as Syracuse head coach. There's simply not going to be any sort of financial resources to do any sort of buyout if anyone is thinking going down that path. But, but this is, you know, we've talked about it, just such an unusual season that, at this point, of course, you just have to kind of throw it out with all that's gone on with COVID, and, and we've talked about it with the practices and then the injuries that have really uh, depleted a roster and really shown the problem that Syracuse has overall uh, in recruiting. And l- let's face it, they're a northern outlier in a southern conference, that being the ACC. That being said, I st- certainly think that the program should be at the same competitive level as Boston College as Pittsburgh, as Louisville, as Wake Forest, and Duke. The, the uh, situation with Duke and Wake Forest, of course, being in North Carolina, uh, closer to players, you know, in all the southern states where Syracuse also has to recruit. But I think a, a point that was really uh, well-spoken in the broadcast on Friday night on ESPN by uh, the recruiting analyst Tom Luganville is the fact that Syracuse has to do a better job, certainly slim pickings in New York State and New England, there's decent recruiting in New Jersey and Pennsylvania, and there's good recruiting in Ohio and Michigan and even out into Illinois where, you know, Donovan McNabb came from. I really think they have to go after those kind of players mixed in with, you know, selling Syracuse to players from the South to recruit that speed. 
And in the Louisville game, it was certainly evident Syracuse doesn't have the speed of certainly a Louisville in that game and the other uh, ACC Southern base teams. They just don't have enough consistency in speed and depth on the roster. So, you know, Dino Babers was the first Syracuse coach this year to go into his fifth season since Paul Pasqualoni. I think consistency is good in that aspect, but it's really going to be up to, you know, again, looking at the coaching staff from top to bottom, not the coordinators because they're, of course, in their first season this year, but looking at the other assistant coaches on the staff. And then, you know, we heard from our friend Mike McAllister at SI.com about six weeks ago. I was real encouraged with what he was saying about Syracuse's recruiting going into the early signing period. So it's going to be critical that they do indeed get the commitments from their top recruits on their list because they are selling Syracuse a very special sort of kind of program in the snow belt of central New York and, you know, away from a lot of talent in New York State. And if they can do that, of course, they won't be in a bowl game, so they'll be doing a sales story in December. And if they can get the kind of players that, that are top of their list, solidify the quarterback position, get key players that want to return using the extra year of eligibility from this COVID season, I think in, you know, full spring practice, it will put the program in a good situation going into next year to try to compete for a bowl game. And Brad, we are right at the end of our show. Your closing thoughts. Well, in this crazy year, we've had uh, disrupting athletics uh, all over the U.S. uh, and for college football, of course, with so many games here late in the season being postponed or canceled and wondering about was the college basketball season for the Orangeman commences on Friday the 27th. At least we think it will. We'll go on a schedule with all that's gone on so far with the basketball program. Looking at the NCAA tournament and it's it, it, it's plans to play in just one city come next spring's version of March Madness. Well, my thought on that is, of course, the NCAA has the tournament has to be played. The uh, organization lost three hundred and seventy five million dollars and had such a big effect on the operations of the NCAA and its home base in Indianapolis. So certainly everyone wants the tournament played in twenty twenty one. But the situation with just playing in one city. I think that's going to be really hard to pull off because think about it. If a team, let's say it is in Indianapolis, using that city as an example, if a team uh, proceeds all the way to the Final Four, they'll be in one location for three and a half, almost four weeks, almost one month for a college athletic program not to move from one location. I really think as you think that through, that's going to be you know hard-pressed to see how they're going to pull that off. This isn't like, again, the professional leagues. The Los Angeles Dodgers, when they won the World Series, well, they were based there in Arlington, Texas for almost three weeks, but that's a pro team. So to think that a college team could stay in one place such as Indianapolis over a three-and-a-half or four-week period, I'm really trying to, you know, figure that out. Is that part of the whole equation? But I certainly understand why they would want to have it in one, one city, one metro area, but it will be really interesting to see how they can pull off the logistics. Brad, my closing thoughts are on Orange in the NBA. We talked about Elijah Hughes earlier in the podcast going to the Utah Jazz with a 39th pick in the 2020 NBA draft. Carmelo Anthony and Michael Carter-Williams re-signing with the Portland Trailblazers and Orlando Magic. Jeremy Grant getting three years and $60 million from the Detroit Pistons. It's been a fruitful offseason for the Orange in the NBA. Congratulations to all those guys on their new contracts. That's it for us. For Brad Bierman, this is Wes Chang reminding you that if wolves could read, they'd probably be offended by most fairy tales. 
You've been listening to the Juice on the Cues podcast on SNY.TV, and we'll see you next time. This has been the Juice on the Cues podcast, part of the SNY.TV audio network. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.